everyone happy new year it's 2024 and it is episode 285 of cbq legacy that's comic book queers in case you you know are under a rock or something i'm your host evil jeff and with us as always is brett hello brett happy new year happy new year to you too here we go again another year what year did we start doing this again 2017 2017 oh my goodness and before that i mean we're talking what what was it 2006 to like yeah when did i join i I can't even remember 2007 yeah crazy crazy a lot of comic books and so many comic books yet to come welcome everyone to 2024 we are excited to kick off a new season uh and talk about uh, what could be a new era of X-Men books on top of so many other things. What are some things for this, like resolutions? I guess it's not so much maybe a resolution of like, but what are you, what are you hoping that you will see what am I hoping? in the world of comics or in the world of TV or movies this coming year? Starting with the X-Men, I am hoping to see them appear in glorious ways on my screens X-Men 97's um, future surprise appearances and MCU stuff. Dare to, uh, sorry, Deadpool 3. In the comics, I am hoping for something that doesn't feel reductive, cliched, rehashed, and boring in the post-Krakoa era. That's what I'm hoping for. Yes, I just don't want them to shit the bed. There's so many opportunities for this to go wrong because they're looking to do a reboot. All of this is leading to, this is the new reset of this is what the X-Men are. And I don't want it to be stupid. So I am hoping that they will do everything that I want them to do. I'm just hoping that it's not just a return to the mansion. I'm hoping there is a new Krakoa. But but what it's setting up, which we'll get to when we talk to the X-Men, is there could be a setup where the entire Krakoa world could be completely erased. That is true. There is and if, another... they're, if they're completely erasing it, I don't know how I feel about that. All right. Well, let's we'll talk about it yeah. later. But is there anything else that you are excited about in this upcoming year, Evil Jeff? Yes, I definitely am looking forward to The Boys is supposed to be coming out later this year. Yeah. Um, Deadpool, I can't wait to see what X-Men fuckery is going to be in that. And if that, yeah. if the X-Men, if it's supposed to be melding with the actual MCU, I'm wondering sure. if anything, if there's going to be anything interesting that could last. Not like, oh, Captain Marvel, here's another universe with Beast. Something that actually is part of the MCU. That's grounded in our main universe, in the sacred timeline, if you yeah, will. Yeah, because right now the MCU is falling apart fast. Nobody gives a shit about it anymore. So it's time to do something fun. And we'll talk about the latest MCU installment, Echo, later on in the show. Yes. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, are there any other TV shows, Evil Jeff, that we are currently excited about? Ones that feel new, feel fresh? Kind of. I think in the beginning of the new year, we also got a start to a certain company I worked for, which is RuPaul's Drag Race, Tasha Engines. That's right. We have a new drag race. 
we basically got through the split premiere of season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race. So we have officially met all of our queens. Evil Jeff, do you have any sort of new favorites? Is there a villain? Is there anyone you'd like to see more of? What are your thoughts? There's definitely a villain, and that is Plain Jane. Plain Jane. What a villain. And I'm here for it. I I think the show works better when someone's willing to be the villain. And when that person has talent to back it up, to be a threat. Well, people are now saying, does she have talent or is she just copying straight off of Jimbo for her talent? But I do think she is good. I do think she is good. But that means yeah, that Jimbo, but Jimbo does not own um, big boobs. The clownery. Yeah. The big boobs. Big boobs, not, clownery, yeah. that whole like, I'm a dizzy broad and I keep sticking my whole finger in my mouth. Through a slurp. Yeah, it's definitely a, like a Jimbo bimbo kind of humor for sure. But the first episode, I really kind of liked Dawn, the artsy fartsy. Really like Dawn from Brooklyn. One. Um, I really loved, who was the other one? The one that won. Um, Safira. Safira Cristal. I think she's definitely one to beat. She's definitely. She's the one to beat so far. I've seen some old school lip syncs of hers and she's, yeah. she's, she can, she can nail it. And then I think uh, the other one I think is amazing is Nymphia Wind, the one from Taiwan. Nymphia Wind is incredible. She's like, it's her and Safira for me. As the two that I want to see go all the way. Sophia just belongs on television. In drag, out of drag, she belongs on television. And as someone who works in Drag Race, I do know some secrets and I do know some people that make it far, but I'm not allowed to say anything because I will be murdered. I will, in fact, be murdered if I I let loose. There is someone... Okay, but here's something. Who do you feel is the worst? Um, I mean, the who's the one with uh, uh, mandatory meeting? My God, a mandatory meeting. Such a My good God. name. It's such a good name. It's such a good name, but what are we doing here? But a what mandatory did, meeting, I'll tell you this, show? though. No, mandatory meeting had a funny song. Her talent was not that bad. True. Her problem Very, is she yeah. can't do drag Her drag. Makeup. Her drag yes. makeup is not good. So, But you know what? You can learn to do drag makeup. You can't learn to be funny, which is why what I happens? feel- there's the worst for me is the, what's her name? Meg, Megami. Uh, Megami. Megami. Yeah, that, that whole gay rights thing was. That gay rights I thing. I mean, I love where your heart is, but. I woof. was like against gay rights Ta- after watching thought it. Was kind of, <laughs> no, it was so. It was I was like, maybe drag doesn't like deserve. Well, it's like, if you're going to be right. like, you can't, you can't. Is this the queer art? If you can't silence drag, then you need to do some amazing drag number and be do like, something you can't bold. silence. Like you need to do an amazing number and then be like, don't silence us. You can't just walk exactly. up and be like, don't silence us. Hold Bye. up a sign while doing a lip sync. While lip syncing. At least sing live then. Something. Let loose. Anyway, I, uh, yeah. Nymphia Wind, excited. though. FTW. Yeah. I'm excited for where this is all going to lead. And I think it's going to be fun. Me too. Did you, how did you think about having Charlize Theron on the show? I was just... She's riveting to me. She is. I do love it also because I know that um, I believe she, she has a trans daughter or son. But oh. She has a trans oh. child. 
So I do oh. love that at knowing that and then her going into support as an ally and also not bringing it up and not, you know, making it a big thing. Yeah. Not being like, I belong here because I have. Yeah. To. Yeah. I love that. Uh, the only thing is it was like Becky was the Becky G. Becky Don't know G. Her. I once they lip synced to her song. I'm like, oh, that was all over TikTok. Oh. I recognize that song. Yeah. But she is not at the level of Charlie's Theron. So no. I just feel that the the celebrities were not on Lopsided. par with each other. If you if you're yeah. gonna have a fucking Charlize Theron, you need another Oscar winner, bitch. I'm excited. For, exactly. I'm excited for Jolkin Booster, and I'm excited for Miss Sarah Michelle Geller. Yes, to be of guest course. judges. Which people, young people, are like, who is that? What's oh she my god? Oh my god. And Joel Kim Booster, that we do have proof that Joel Kim Booster in the 2000s listened to our podcast when he lived in Chicago. He came up to me in my theater and said, you got me through college. Yeah. Okay. So we are supporting those who are shining today. But Joel Kim Booster also never responded to any of my Never responds messages. on Grindr. Yeah. And you cannot be and that he's only hot hotter, and that unresponsive. So. And so, <laughs> fuck it. What? I feel like the hotter you are, the less res- the less responsive you can be. No, I'm saying if you're that hot and you don't want to talk to me, I can't be your fan. Oh, anymore. then I'm I can't be your fan anymore. <laughs> Amazing. Um, speaking of fans, we are a big fan of the X Men. Should we talk about the X Men? Yeah. Hit the music. I was reading X Men comics in a cocktail bar. That much is true. Yeah. All right. Everything is climaxing, Evil Jeff. We the whole Krakoan era, it's it's reaching a fever pitch and it's coming to an end soon. And we're gonna talk about it. But I think before we talk about that, I think we should talk about yeah. another another uh epic saga that's about to start called the Sabretooth Wars. Which started the Sabretooth War. Which started in Wolverine. It is off to a bloody good time. Uh, I love that it leans into the tradition. And I think this has come up before of Sabretooth always doing something horrific on Wolverine's birthday. That did it. That felt that felt like uh, uh, um, there was precedent there. Yes. I, I can't cite what. Well, yeah, there, he always comes and tries to kill Wolverine on his birthday. I guess. My did he kill thing- Silver Fox on his birthday? Maybe. Let's see, yeah. But a lot of my stuff is why? Why does he care about Wolverine that much? And this whole Gay. I guess the the one thing I am just confused on is Sabretooth basically there's other versions of Sabretooth from other dimensions and they're all kind of joined up in a Sabretooth team. There's like a Captain America Sabretooth, there's like an Emma Frost sort of saber tooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a, a shape shift. There's like a pretty boy saber-tooth. model saber tooth, like actor saber tooth. Yeah. And then there's all these headless saber tooths, which I thought was stupid. But anyway, they're all, they stole an orca ship. And then their plan is let's go fuck up Wolverine. I guess I'm not. Let's go fuck up Krakoa. Sure. I guess they were like, let's fuck up Krakoa. But then it was like, have you not seen the news? It seems like they're completely unaware of the no. news. No. They are. And if they are, I guess it's like, I just, it feels very, I guess it's literally, it it seems very misguided of what they are doing. I don't understand why they're doing it. I guess it's because, because we're crazy serial killers and we're stupid. I'm like, okay, but poor Quentin Quire 
They get a, a boop that there's something on Krakoa. He goes to Krakoa. They eat him. He gets eaten. He gets eaten. I mean, he's taken out very quickly by this very stupid Sabretooth, the shape-shifting Sabretooth. Also, like, I, really? feel, I also feel that Sabretooth is a Omega-level mutant. Because um, nobody can, like, outwild and him. And he's tricked by, like, a weird smell shape-shifting Sabretooth that can make himself... Oh, oh you're talking about Quentin. Oh, yeah. Quentin. I know. I felt that that was a really hard to believe. That I did it not was. believe that for a second. Quentin Quire, he's taken out so easily all the time. I mean, it. You know, I guess this is the repeat of the running joke of Quentin always dies. But then, if that wasn't bad enough, Dakin is taken out crazy fast. He's taken out crazy fast. He is then dismembered. Dismembered, and, and his body parts are written into, like, happy birthday. Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. This one is A very really good bloody. Start. Very bloody. It's going to be very bloody. I think Laura is getting Laura Kinney is going to play a huge part in this, and she, you know, she could be next. Now, I think it's going to be very gruesome. I want to talk to you though. This this leads up to the idea of what do you think is going to be the role of of resurrection in the future of X Men? In the future, that's very because. Do you think they're going to do? Because there's no way they just like they're just. I've, this feels very similar to Uncanny X Men. Right before the Krakoan age, remember where everyone just started getting killed? Yeah, yeah. It's I wonder if the white hot room is going to have something to do with that, or if the, is there going to be like one final resurrection and then right. it's like, and now we're done. I have. A I feeling mean, the five are still around. They are, but do, but I feel like if you're getting rid of Krakoa, I have a feeling they're going to want to get rid of resurrection. I agree. It's hard to sustain. Yeah, it does take away the stakes. We'll see. I, I I think the theme of this whole thing is it's not going to turn out the way you think, but um, I, mean, I do think Wolverine will. Back, but is Magneto coming back through resurrection or through some other means? I think it's going to have something to do with that key that um, oh, from Atlantis. We talked about from Atlantis. Yeah, that was. What from is, that, it? is there uh, just Giant another version X-Men of him hanging Magneto. out in there? I still don't get how that will work, but I guess it will be explained to me. You know, exactly and literally they could make up any bullshit and we'll buy it so it kind of doesn't matter <laughs> um so that the, the bloody war is gonna start um i guess it could be fun i just hope all those saber get killed off i really don't like the headless saber i think they're stupid i don't think they're interesting i want them gone i think part of the fun will be the killing off of those individual saber yeah yeah I think it's like Wolverine has got his people now. He's got his kind of squad, his family. He's got Honey Badger. He's got two different Lauras. Um, he had Dakin. Sabretooth has Dakin that now, so it's kind I of like... You, son. Like, oh, hey, Dad. And I'm like, remember... That's when how I knew Dakin was going to die. But it's also just like, remember when you murdered your son because he was so evil? <laughs> yeah, but you need to be. You need to have the I love you moment so the death hits harder. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, but that leads us now to what is happening in the main books, which Wolverine is very much a part of, kicked off by Fall of the House of X and then followed up soon after by Rise of the Powers of Ten. We are in the final chapter of Krakoa, mirroring the opening chapter of Krakoa, having these two concurrent books, the House of X and the Powers of Ten. Yes. So let's start with the Fall of the House of X. 
This one takes place in our timeline and is kind of about the X-Men coming together in a very traditional way, kind of like we haven't seen in a long time, um, to save Cyclops and take down Orcus. However, someone foils their plans, and it's not Orcus. It is Professor Xavier. (laughs) Which, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. That actually leads directly into Powers of Ten. But it opens, this Fall of X opens with Cyclops having a nightmare about being hanged at the gallows. Um, I think one thing they're kind of giving away here is how Cyclops will be rescued. I think it's very clear that Cyclops will be hung, but will hang there midair thanks to Jean. Oh, is that what you think is going to happen? That's what I think is going to happen. Because you think, I think that, that this it does is a look very like when he's being hung, literal... you, see a redhead, you see a redheaded woman. Yeah, I think this is a very literal uh, for, foreshadowing of what's about to happen. Um, but then he wakes up. Uh, while he wakes up, Colossus and Wolverine are having a mission to sneak underground uh, and rescue Cyclops when he's being taken to these gallows. Um, so we see them for a moment. They're talking about what they should call their new take on a fastball special. This conversation, I was like, you know, all of your friends are dead and have been genocided, right? At least that's what you think. Like the tone of this conversation. But also there's something interesting that's happening too. During this fastball special, they brutally murder somebody. And so this whole idea of kill no man, whatever, all of that is like just out the We're window. We're done. We're done. We're, We're done. Back. But, and that's the thing. X-Men weren't really killers, but this is full X-Force mode where we're just killing anyone in our way. This is very much an X-Force type mission. The only difference is the uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to Cyclops talking to a character that I'm actually very happy they brought back, Dr. Gregor, because Dr. Gregor is the only Orcus member who really has kind of like a deep cut, like a need for revenge. She's got emotions. Because her husband sticks. was murdered by Because her husband was murdered and uploaded into Nimrod. Yeah. And she's still really pissed off, but Cyclops, even blindfolded, is able to read not only her, but also Omega Sentinel who she's with. I loved this scene. Yeah. And uh, I have a feeling Omega Sentinel and Nimrod, do you think they're still going to be, I have a feeling by the end of this, do you think they're still going to be taken out or do you think it's going to be the end of them? I think it'll be, what's the difference between the two? Like, just like, oh, we're taken out, but now we go to, we're going to go nurse our wounds, and then a couple of years later, they're going to oh, come back. Oh, yeah, no, I think they're done. Or they're going to I think be they're dead. Done. I think, I I think, think they're, they're going to be dead, done. too. Yeah, me too. Me too. What's interesting is what Scott says, we think, to Dr. Gregor, when he's like, and what happens after, when the last mutant is dead under your heels, and Dr. Gregor is like, I'm not sure, we live happily ever after, and he's like, I wasn't asking you. And Omega Sentinel's like, we need to get out of here. Yeah, because he knows, they already know that the machines are going to take over everybody. That they don't realize that once they get to deal with the mutants, then the machines are going to want to kill all the humans. Or yep. imprison them. Yeah. Also, mutants keep getting born. So. Right. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Yeah. But then we cut to Xavier. He's on Krakoa uh, with a small, lean and mighty team who we'll find out later. But he basically beckons Rasputin back Rasputin 4, he beckons her back while she's in the middle and an integral part of the Cyclops rescue mission. So that fucks up the Cyclops rescue mission. Xavier basically sacrifices Cyclops. Yeah. 
for whatever he's going to do. Yeah. But then we cut back to Wolverine and Nightcrawler. I mean, Wolverine and Colossus. They're taken down by magnets. Ha ha. <laughs> and then you have Nightcrawler show up and save them. And here we're realizing, you know, we're getting to a very traditional X-Men team lineup in this book. Yeah. And you also can just definitely see that, like, this this trial is kind of a sham. It's really just... Um, and then even Cyclops is like, you know, I can only be judged by one soul. I do not think you'd like to meet her. So is that Gene he's talking about? It's or- Gene. And this isn't the this isn't the first time he said this. Like, there's oh, really? only one person who can judge me. Yeah, it's the second time he said this about Gene. When has he said that before? I, it's happened. I don't. I don't know. I can't cite it. But well, it's the second time. Was it like? I'm not a bibliography. But I mean, was it like early or was it like during it was, Grant Morrison? It was or? like two months ago. It was oh. like a month or two ago. Yeah, it was like part of this whole narrative. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of big Gene is the Phoenix foreshadowing kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. So then Orcus is celebrating because the trial's going well. And Nimrod's like, okay, I'm going to go kill Krakoa. <laughs> and then this was so weird. Yeah. So I guess is this part of. What Xavier was, is Xavier part of this plan? Is this the plan? I'm not not sure. sure. Or is Krakoa like going rogue? Yeah. Because later, don't we also see that that Doug is out? Because we didn't know what happened to him either. Yeah, like they're on a Krakoa, as we'll see in Powers of Ten. But like, are they like inside this Krakoa that's on the run? Yeah. You know? But anyway, so Krakoa encases Nimrod in amber and then gets the fuck out of there. Which is great to see Krakoa, like, form a body and be like, I'm running! I'm running! Look at me! Yeah, and then... And then they're announcing that they're going to kill every single mutant to, like... I'm like... To everybody... To everybody. And like, I understand that we're mirroring the Xavier moment that kicked off House of X. But this is like, if somebody was in my head all of a sudden, it's like, we're going to commit genocide on mutants. I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because, and the one thing that that they aren't, the, the, the problem with mutants where it is, it's, it's like, oh, it's just like racism. It's just like gays and all this other stuff. The thing with mutants is most people, if you if you knew a mutant, it would be like your brother or a family member. You know what I mean? Most people probably know a family member or something that is a mutant. So I think it's a lot harder to just every single person to blindly be like, yeah, kill my family members. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, this is I traumatizing. Feel like would, I feel like there would be a huge larger group of people that are against it. I agree. And I think there is. Well, I think we'll see that at like Cyclops's trial once again. But I, I'm sick of it where it's like an uncanny X-Men where they're all like, we hate the mutants. We hate the mutants. Well, here, let me give a rising speech as Captain America. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, you're right. Murder is bad. And everybody's <laughs> yeah. equal. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay, thanks, Cap. Um, speaking of mutants, back on the Blackbird, we've got, again, a very traditional X-Men lineup. We have the classics. We've got Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus. Kitty Pride, Rogue, and Gambit. Love to see it. Yeah. 
And they're, and they're off, like, let's start. And they're off just, are, are they just battling, um, are they just battling the, the, the Tony Stark Iron Man Sentinels? Or are they at a specific place for a specific reason? I can't remember. They were trying to rescue Cyclops. Oh, they're trying to rescue Cyclops right now. Yeah. All right. They were, and then Rasputin fucked it up. So they're now they're changing plans, what and so they're bitch. like, "All right, let's just let's just start the revolution." And so Kitty then goes around and has Emma rally the troops. So she goes and checks in with Emma and Tony. She checks in with Arako. She checks in with Juggernaut, who's carrying a big gun, which I love. Um, and then she goes to check in with Polaris, who has ditched her Age of Krakoa identity. Essentially, like she's no longer. Um, white girl with a PhD. You know what I mean? No more coffee, no more sunglasses. She's now the daughter of Magneto. So we check in on her. She goes to visit Brew. To get the brood on their side against Orcus, which that's a very dangerous game you're playing there. I know, but I actually this, so I'm playing this video game now called Baldur's Gate 3, which is one of the best video games ever. And it's one of those games where your choices affect the storyline down the road. And I couldn't help but think about games like that in this moment, in that if we would have went Cyclops's route and killed the entire brood, we now don't have it. We wouldn't have an army to help us take out Orcus. But because Gene like did the good thing and saved the brood. And or put them is on this going to nowhere, lead to like a brood war thing where then after I don't they think save so. them, then the brood are going to come after them. No, I think Brew has got the brood under control, and I think they're going to be used as a weapon against Orcus. And I, th- I like, I like this whole like Brew was able to turn this batch of brood around. I actually think you'll see them like on a redemptive arc. All right, well, let's then go. Pra- to- Polaris is like, let's go. But now let's jump ten years ahead, and we are in. Rise of the Powers of Ten. Do you believe that right. this is going to go the same way where the next issue will be 100 years into the future? This is 10 years into the future? That's a great question. I don't know. Because that's what I it did know. in the original Powers of Ten. Yeah, it probably will. And it did that in but the does this Sinister just, too. Does this mean that like everything happening in Fall of the House of X is a failure? And I guess, do we know that already from the title? <laughs> Uh, it looks like it because if this is in 10 years, there's, and, and they they're failed. still winning. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're right. Exactly. So but it's if like you we... take a, but here's the thing is if you take a look at what everything looks like, it looks like they're in a wasteland. It looks like nukes have gone off. It looks like humans aren't around anymore. You know what I mean? It yeah. looks like they're living in a, an apocalyptic wasteland. So it looks like the machine war already started. Humans are still around because they, they, don't they cite them like, ugh, humans? Yeah, wow. yeah, but at it's definitely, point, yeah. but if you look at the landscapes, this is not a place no, shit's bad. where humans are like, yay. <laughs> yeah, shit is bad. But so this, this of story opens with fucking Emma Frost dying in her black it, um, dress. Yeah. yeah, so I'm so happy this Emma Frost is dead because I hate when she wears black. I hate it. <laughs> and here she is wearing black dead. I'm like, all right, good. So she sacrificed herself for some reason. Well, it's so that this crew consisted of like Mystique. I guess it was Ironfire. He's dead on the ground. Gambit. Um, they had to get basically a, a Phylong's personality download because Phylong's brain has um, information. 
And the other thing that's interesting is, isn't, didn't, um, am I just making this up? But Omega Sentinel, didn't she say she came back because the Phoenix helped win everything? And that's why she's coming Yeah, back? we knew that in Inferno. She revealed that in Inferno. I don't think she revealed it was the Phoenix, but she revealed that she's actually from the future in the future where mutants won. But I do think it's the Phoenix force that, um, yeah. And, but I don't, again, really, more gene still, foreshadowing, but we don't see gene in any of this yet. Right. Right. Where is Jean in, in this? Well, we know, we know she's in the white hot room with, but, but I mean, but that was 10 years ago. She didn't leave the white right. hot room 10 years ago. Or is right. this all just a different version of if she didn't get out of the white hot room and then she does get out of the I'm see that's the thing is we have this whole idea well we'll get to the whole Moira thing with the idea of like what timeline is this because before in these powers of 10 and with sins of sinister it's going into the future but this is a sinister timeline that gets to be reset when you kill a Moira the other yeah. the other one was different timelines of Moiras is this future another Moira yeah I mean they all are but no, no, no. I think this is the future of our timeline. But is the, but does this mean the only way all these people don't die is if they do, in fact, kill Moira as a child, which I'm giving away the ending. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's OK. And so let's we'll talk about when we get there. But I'm not convinced that that's how this is ending. OK. I think that's a red herring. But that's the thing is if that but then how else can all of this not happen? How are they going to stop all this from happening? That's where I think the Phoenix comes in. And that's where the white hot room existing out of time comes in. I do think there's going to be some grand Phoenix thing that happens that kind of resets and fixes, like partly resets and fixes everything. I'm wondering though, but where do you think, where does the dominion, the sinister dominion that's out of time, where does he play in all of this with wanting Orcus and the mutants to die? Because I think he, once you become a, a Dominion, I guess it's like, I'm I'm wondering, is this going to be an out-of-time Phoenix versus the Dominion? I feel like it is. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I want to talk about like what this Dominion kind of represents. I saw something online that was really interesting, but again, when we get there, we'll... we'll talk about it. So we've got this team in the future, so Mystique dies, Gambit dies... Um, but they've got the information. They sent it to the team back on uh, the the broken sword. Um, and then and it, it's it also sync. it's just weird where it feels like everybody is like, I'm going to use my powers one last time to save one everybody. One last time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we, we see Gambit do that. <laughs> we see Mystique essentially do that. We see Emma. Well, we'll yeah, we cut to Emma having already done that. And then later we'll see Sync do it. Um so basically, Moira, like Orc, um, Moira is with Nimrod and Omega Sentinel, and they're heralding down the Dominion. So basically, they've turned Mars into a world mind, just like they did way in the future, a thousand years in the future, in the original Powers of yeah. Ten, to attract the Dominion. And so that's now their plan. And Moira's like, oh my God, I saw this once in Life Six. But it took a thousand years to the original powers. Ten years, wow! Right, right, and so they because like yeah, because I Omega Sentinel's like yeah, I brought the technology back that allowed us to only do it in like ten years, and that's like okay, great. So already you can see, I think even Omega Sentinel going back in time and bringing this technology is 
part of Nathaniel Exis's plan to like become a Dominion. Yeah. Because it all exists out of time. Like it hasn't happened yet, but it's already happened. It's very, it's very confusing. Yeah. And in this, also so, the X Men start getting killed one by one. We see the Iron Man AI die. Um, right, big deal. <laughs> we see Sync die. He turns into uh, Apocalypse to take down um, Nimrod. But basically, okay. So backing up though, we've got Doctor Stasis. Who is like, yeah, bringing down a Dominion sounds great. Okay, be right back. He goes to the vault where he's working with one of the children of the vault to come up with a solution so that he can achieve Dominion, essentially. Yeah. All right. So then Nimrod's fighting this team of X-Men. And then I think what Dr. Stasis does here. So basically the Dominion comes it's about to absorb the world minds, but Dr. Stasis basically blows up the sun, right? Yeah. So that none of this can happen. And it seems like he, it seems like he eventually almost erases the dominion so he can download himself into it. Exactly. It's like he, he like basically gets rid of everything that's in the dominion. So like keep the hardware, lose the software. So he's trying to upload himself. And then I think when he does, the Dominion is like, haha, no, you uploading is just part of me being able to do it. Kind of, sort of. Because it's Nathaniel Essex. Yeah. But isn't it Nathaniel Essex AI? It's not even AI. Yes. Yes. But also, like, Logan finds the original Sinister and, like, knows that, like, there'll be a failsafe if Sinister is killed. So they do that. All right, a few things. Yes. Number one, like as you talk about it, you're like, it's a little confusing. That's one. Number two, didn't we set up in Powers of Ten that this is all the phalanx? But it, but it appears that none of this is the phalanx now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. I just want to say that that's weird. It feels a little inconsistent from what we established, but I guess it was like too hard to bring the phalanx into all of this. I don't know. But... One thing that's interesting I want to bring up is somebody was saying that like the Dominion is like, think about this story. Like the Dominion is us, the reader, like we exist out of the timeline of these characters. We're able to know what's going to happen in the future and know what happened in the past. Like we basically know all. So like the Dominion is like the reader space. Can I ask a real and question wh- before you do this? Yeah. In, in it, uh, there's a part where he, when he becomes the Dominion, the AI, he disintegrates all those Moiras that Sinister's holding. Yeah. How come that doesn't reset anything? Maybe it does. Okay. Maybe it like resets um, Stasis being able to get to the Dominion and then like has that knowledge and resets. I don't know. It, uh, yeah, I I'm exist out of time and space. I'm Enigma. Point. I cannot yeah. be prevented. Anyway, long story short, I think this is about AI creeping into um, the world of creation, the world of comics, the world of readers. Um, it's taking over everything that we're... It's taking over all of our content. And basically, where I think this is going, I think Enigma, which represents like AI invading our humanity and good ideas and art, wants to take over the white-hot room. 
which is all about creation. It's where ideas are born. So I, I think where all of this is leading is this enigma wanting dominion over the white hot room. Okay, so when it goes back to the present and we see Professor X finally giving his plan in the present with Doug yeah, and with Rasputin, um, he says, all right, we succeeded in stopping him nine times. Right. Is he but talking about Myra's it. other lives or is he talking about that they've actually tried nine times? I think he's talking like I think they are aware of Moira resets. Moira's other lives. Okay, that's what I just want to make sure. And so they're they're basically like Rasputin, Doug, and Xavier are also on a time loop trying to prevent Nathaniel Essex from coming into existence. And they failed. But that's, so now they're like so it but is the well I guess or is those Moira's disintegrating? Is that them resetting their time loop, Professor X and Doug? Maybe. Okay. That's just the one thing that's not fully clear to me. Yet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're the ones that Oh, Sinister is so I'm sorry. Wolverine killing Sinister is what makes the Moira's disintegrate. Oh, okay, got it. Yes. Sinister is dead, activating failsafe. Okay. I watched all of this happen as it must. I exist. Oh, okay. Oh, so that is what happened. Yeah. Okay, God. It's just, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But then, so it resets, but then Xavier's like, shit, here we go again. And in the end, he's like, okay, so the only thing we have to do now. And Rasputin's go back like, tell me what's Mara. next. He's like, I'm not fucking telling you, bitch. And she's like, you better fucking tell right. me, bitch. And then Doug's all fucked up. And we kind of don't know, like, fully what happened. I wonder... I wonder if this has to do... Remember in Powers of Ten, we saw that Krakoa had merged with Doug? Yeah. And like one of the four horsemen was the Doug-Krakoa hybrid. I wonder if that's starting to happen. Yeah. So Doug's all fucked up. So it's Doug Xavier Rasputin. And then he finally Rasputin's like, you have to tell me what's going on. And this is where he's like, we have to kill off Moira. And this is Destiny's plan. Back in her second life, where Destiny's like, if you try to fuck with us... I will come to you before your mutant power and kill you. And that is what Xavier's like. We're going to have to kill a nice little 10 year old Moira. Just going to have to kill her. Yeah. But that like, I, it's so cliche. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. But Um, here's the thing is Moira was present, was preventing all of these other things that would kill off all the mutants wait from happening. You know what I mean? There were so many other enemies that Moira stopped from happening. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Krakoa put a stop to all of that. Just the forming of Krakoa. No, it, no, but I mean, if they're killing it before Krakoa forms, think about what was oh, going yeah. on with Mo- if Moira didn't try to oh, help yeah. the X-Men. The X-Men always perished. The X-Men were always yeah. destroyed anyway. So now they still, it's that's still, they're still going to have a million other things coming out. Unless Xavier has the knowledge of how to, so I don't know. Oh my God. But there's something that's super interesting in these panels. And that's when, um, you know, Dougie, like he basically snaps at Rasputin for fucking up. And then he's like, I got to take a walk. And actually, I got to let the rest know the bad news. We need to move to the contingency plan. And then Rasputin's like, what's the contingency? And Xavier says, you're our primary field agent. We have to be careful. Um, 
you know, you'll know when we need to, you need to know. But then Xavier says, isn't there someone else in the field? Yeah. Is that Jean? Who is it? Jean? Yeah, exa- exactly. Okay. So Why are they using Jean other, right now? I don't think it's Jean. Who do you think it is? There's two other team members who have to be like timeline aware, you know, like if their whole thing is like we're they're aware of the reboots, they're aware of what timelines oh, are so in. Destiny? How? I say it's Rachel and Betsy. I say it's Rachel. Oh, the Ascani. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which would be amazing. But Destiny seems to be aware of it too. But Destiny's not here. But it's also Destiny you know, she, hates Xavier. And she's not here. She's with the rest of the mutants in the white hot room. Um, I, I also Mystique I, I says, I, "I'll see you, Irene." Yeah, she I don't think Irene dead. ever came back. Oh, yeah. actually, that's what's interesting. All of these things, no one in the white hot room is back. Right? Huh. So, so it's still a pretty means, bleak. But future. it means like they need the person they really need to deal with is Mother Righteous. Yeah. Or not really, it's still Nathaniel Essex because she was just an agent of his. Yeah. Interesting. But I I would love to see it be Ascani as the reason why they're able to do this. Well, I guess we'll find we'll out. I guess so. With a I new guess we'll cable, find out. A new bitch. cable number one. What is it? The twentieth oh. cable. Just make it. Oh, there oh. was just a cable a year and a half ago. Just make it cable number six. I'm just sick of this. Ugh. I'm gonna scream. Anyway, how about we talk about some shows we watched? Let's do it. Hit that music. I always feel like I'm watching a comic movie or TV. All right. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disney Plus, has been releasing two Marvel TV shows. Um, the first one is What If? Yeah, What If? Uh, we had a second season. Overall, I you know what? I have to think like the individual episodes. Overall, I thought they were an improvement on season one. Yes, but it still led to the same thing of... I will say this, they kept, every episode was like, was just like, oh, it's a twist. This is actually a bad guy. And it got to the point where it was too predictable. Uh, say more. What do you mean? Well, it was like, what's her nuts? Uh, who's uh, Agent Carter? Oh, yeah. hello. Uh, oh, there's, it turns out um, Captain America, but you know, Steve Rogers is alive. And I'm like, he's a bad guy. Uh Oh, uh, no, yeah. He's well, I loved guy. that. It was their Winter Soldier. I loved that. I and yeah, sure for the first time, but then now I'm in the Middle Ages. Oh look, there's a Middle Ages Steve Rogers. Uh oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm like really again, <laughs> yeah. again. And then Stephen Strange. And then Stephen Strange shows up. Hey, it's me, Dark Stephen Strange. We like to help save yeah. the universe. Uh oh, remember me? I'm, I'm a bad, a bad guy. guy. And so I was like, yeah. And then there was one part. Where there's some things where it was like I was watching it with my brother-in-law, and and there's a part where he's like about to feed all of the people to that to that orb or whatever. Yeah. To like restart his universe. 
and yeah. literally everyone's falling and half the people have wings <laughs> or could fly. And they're like, oh, we're falling. I'm like, that guy has wings. Why are you not flying? There's just certain <laughs> things where I was like, okay, apparently I just need okay. to sit back and just, it just got a little too predictable of like, and now twist, yeah. he's a bad guy. I'm like, if, yeah, every, if, predictable if, you, twist. if you do the same twist five times, I'm going to get what the twist is, bitch. Thank you. Um, but it's well animated. Episode, the action is really yeah, fun. Yeah, oh God. And so they got great fun. vocal talent. Yeah. Uh, any episode that stood out to you? I personally liked the Iron Man crashing onto uh, the Ragnarok planet. Yeah, that one was really fun. I really liked that one. I like that one. Did you notice like a lot of those were about the guard, like the guardians of the galaxy, not forming. I think like three of them. Yeah. I also really like the one with Nebula. Um, Nebula. Love the one with Nebula. The, the Blade Nova Runner. Corp. Yeah. The Blade Runner one yeah. was really cool. Yeah. I loved the Die Hard one for all the stupid Die Hard illusions yeah. on Christmas. That was good. Um, yeah. Overall good. But yeah, exactly. It's like how... This whole thing is about reveals and plot twists, but yeah, I even almost that ra- now I'd is falling them, into a formula. I would rather them let them just be all bottleneck standalone episodes. I don't need a big overarching. I do thing. not need. I don't need the multiversal connection. True. Yeah, I don't exactly. care. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and that leads us to the other one that was released. Echo. 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 <laughs> They released all five of them. They're like, fuck this show. We're just putting it all out right now. They did. Um, is it worth doing like a one, two, three or? Sure. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. It was fine. Met in the beginning, but then I thought the last episode was fun. Yeah, it was fine. I liked where it was going, but I think, and this is a more of a fault of a showrunner and stuff. I never felt um, that they really correctly identified the stakes. And so I completely agree. And so a lot of stuff was happening, but it just wasn't feeling epic enough, but yeah. I loved the idea of everything. I love the character. Also the fact yes. that we have an actual deaf amputee playing a native American, native deaf American amputee playing a deaf Thank you. It's it's amazing. And I think she's great. I she's think Alaka Cox is is great. She's great, and I love the idea of how her powers are forming, which is very different than the comic. That is not. I don't think that's really what. Isn't that not? No, not at all. And I think that's a really cool power of her calling on her native ancestors. And very cool. I yeah, think and I love when a name makes sense. Like you know, Echo. And now I she's liked the Echo how it was showing little. Like each episode was showing a snippet of a past ancestor and how they were. I loved that. I loved the structure of the series, like how the episodes were set up and built and that she was the culmination of all of those ancestors and each episode focused on an ancestor throughout the time. I thought that was very cool. But it then, it, but then they would be like, "Uh oh!" And now we're kidnapped in a roller skating rink, and I'm like, "That's just not exactly big enough yeah. for me." Like, you know it, what I mean? It really it, it was... had difficulty balancing the kingpin stuff with the like history generational stuff. It didn't, yeah, it didn't um, own either of those stories. It felt like I felt so. In my opinion, I felt like the showrunner created and thought out a really cool version of Echo and a really noble one and a really great one. And then I just feel like it just, they didn't think of a super epic story for her. Like 
in theory in concept i love that it's she's on the run from the kingpin's people after shooting him at the end of hawkeye love that i love an on the run from the mafia story looking at you gloria starring jenna rollins but I did not feel like she was on the run from the kingpin. And because then the kingpin showed up and he's like, hey, just come home. I like you. It just, it it, it was weird. And then he's like, what? Well, I'm now going to kill your whole family. I'm like, yeah, that'll get her to come home. It's the same. It's the same problem as Secret Invasion. Like, why do these shows not know how to steep their story in the story they are telling? Like, they just don't know how to properly tell the story they are telling. Yeah. And yeah, it's just uh, it's just a shame because I think it's a really cool character and a really cool concept, and but and, and it was all it, there was a lot of it that was fun, but a, a lot of it I did feel it felt a little meandering to me, and I think that is yeah. the fault of the overall showrunner of not knowing absolutely what the stakes are. And it is funny absolutely. where I just saw I'll talk about this after this show, but I saw something else where I remember I've seen some movies and I'm like, oh, that's the director's fault. And then it's like, nope, that's the acting fault. That's the script's fault. I just saw one recently and it was the editing's fault. Um but this one I think is the showrunner's fault. Yeah. Um, just overall. But I really like the character and I hope she shows up in more stuff. Me too. A lot of people are saying that this canonized the netflix shows into the mcu and i was kind of comic book i I was looking for like what is that sign that's like oh my god the netflix shows count and i like i wasn't able to really understand why people were saying that i guess at the end when she goes into the kingpin's mind and he's looking at the like the white wall that was very much a part of the daredevil netflix show and i wonder if people are just picking up on that well but did you watch the post credit scene yeah, that he's going to run for mayor. He's going to run for mayor. That's a big thing. Love that. In the comics, so. Big thing, and also probably the setup to Daredevil, Daredevil Born yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, it, it's fun I, and great, I just, but, but, it's, but I feel like they're just, I feel like I, they're so capable of so much more, and I feel like they're kind of shitting on the TV shows, and then they're wondering they're, why they're the getting The TV shows reviews. are fumbling. The TV shows are really fumbling storytelling. It's really sad, but overall, this was fine. It was fine. I'm probably not going to go back and watch it again. Yeah, but it's fine. Can I tell you something else I saw? Yeah, I took my niece to see <laughs> Mean Girls the musical. No. Yeah. Did you like it? Um, I actually already liked a lot of the music. The broad, yeah, yeah. And I, but the one problem I had is there were so many diatribe plot point songs that I felt were useless and they actually removed a lot of them. So at first I was like very excited, but when the, there was no singing, they tried to just redo these lines and the editing. It makes no sense. And the direction yeah. did not understand how to edit a comedy joke. Like they were, these people were just like reading lines, like they were in a dramatic drama. And I'm like, that was a joke. It was, that's a joke. Like it was like, oh my God, please stop trying to make fetch happen. It was like this dramatic, like, stop it. Stop trying to make fetch happen. I'm like, that's not, that's supposed to be a joke. (laughs) 
Yeah. And so for me, I liked the musical numbers because I was the opposite for Color Purple. I felt when it was talking, it was really good. And the musical numbers were really boring. I was like, why the, these musical numbers are so boring? It's a musical. Yeah. Come on, give me some zhuzh. Give me some pep. And this one, the musical numbers were really fun. And then when it wasn't a musical number, it was just like a bad version of Mean Girls. Interesting. So I think, and also I do feel if you have never watched the movie Mean Girls and you watch the musical, you would have no idea what was going on. It definitely relied on you. Oh, wow. Like referential. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, fine. So I don't know. Were you always against Mean Girls, the musical? I like I was because we've been here. I've been here already with two of my favorite movies. We've been here with Heather's and we've been here with Hairspray. And there's no way. Hairspray isn't a bad musical, though. You think Hairspray is a bad musical? It's not, but it's not an improved. Like, it's nowhere near the original John Waters well, movie. Yeah, like, course, it loses so much of the soul, you know. I but do I also feel think Hairspray that- did enough different things that it made it relevant enough to be a musical. Heather's, and I Hairspray's do not music think, is great. Heather's, I do not think, did that. No, neither do I. And also, Heather's suffers to me what I think the Mean Girls musical suffers. So I actually think the music is very forgettable in both Heather's and Mean Girls. Okay. Hairspray, not so much. But I have to see the movie. But I did get to see it, not only with my niece, who my niece loved it. But with Lindsay Lohan? Lindsay Lohan is <gasps> No, but I did oh also God. watch it with my partner, Joe, and... He hates everything. He, like, I could just turn, and he wanted to, like lock the doors <laughs> and set the theater on fire with me with me oh my god because i was How like does oh, he... i was like i kind of like these no he loves he does love movies no but i he know. hates a lot but it, it, the thing is when he loves a movie he loves it and when he hates a movie he hates it <laughs> i that's love kind that of, i like that about him. yeah i like that too i like it a lot uh was he vocal during the movie like was he saying things under his I breath? I did have or to tell him loud? to be quiet. Because one time there was one part <laughs> where someone said something. He's like, why isn't this a song? Okay, direction. And I was like, all right, all right. You're saying that okay. out loud. <laughs> right, stop. You're sta- sit down. Sit down. That's oh really God. funny. It's really funny. But um, Mean Girls, it's fun. I thought it was fun. Okay. I wasn't bored. And that's really my, my thing. If I'm bored, yeah. that is the biggest grievance of them all. Yeah. I have no time for that. Hopefully we didn't bore our listeners Hopefully just now. Not. Hopefully they're sticking around for this part too. Um, but I do think we should wrap here. You and I have a lot of things to do. Fuck yeah. Um, so fuck yeah. Everyone, thank you so, so much for reading comic books and then listening to these two faggots talk about them. And it's 2024. Um, so there's something that's happening in 2024 that I don't know if you're aware of, Brett. What's that? Starting in 2024, they, Congress just passed a law that if you read comics... <laughs> Yeah. Then legally, you yeah. are queer. Oh, queer. Bye. 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 Bye.